Welcome to The First Draft Club, a podcast to help you write your book with joy, clarity, and maybe a few coffee stains. If you're working on a novel or a memoir, whether you haven't written creatively since seventh grade English or you have an MFA in creative writing, this podcast is for you. I am here to help you fight through resistance and finish your draft. I'm Mary Atkins. You can find my three novels, When You Read This, Privilege, and Palm Beach, at your favorite bookstore. If you live in Nashville, you might run into me at the local farmer's market on a Saturday morning. I'll be the one chasing the four-year-old who's just stolen the bell that signals the start of the market. That is a true story. (laughs) Each episode of this podcast, I will be tackling a hot writing topic from how to write when you aren't inspired to how to get a literary agent. I'll share my strategies for tackling questions and problems that all authors face as we make our way to the final page. Each episode is short. We get in and we get out so you can get back to your life and your writing. And this season, you can check out the video versions of my podcast episodes on my YouTube channel. So if you want to watch, just go to the episode description where you'll find the link to my channel. Have you gotten my free training on how to write your dream book with a full-time job and a life? I want to send it to you. If you're working on a novel or memoir, this one-hour training will change your writing life. And I really mean that. I'm not being hyperbolic. Just go to thebookincubator.com to apply for my program, The Book Incubator. The application is only two questions plus your contact information. And if you're accepted, I'll send you the free training along with information on the program with no obligation to enroll. You get the free training walking you through my process of writing a book no matter what. And you will love it. Trust me. So go to thebookincubator.com. It takes less than five minutes and will be well worth your time. Okay, with that, let's get to the episode. Let me guess if you are like me, You don't want your dialogue to sound like a third grade play. You know what I mean? Like, hello there, sir. To whom shall I address this letter? (laughs) I am going to give you five tips in this episode for writing dialogue that sounds like people actually talk because that's our goal, right? No matter when our story is set, we want it to sound, we want our dialogue to sound like people actually speak. Okay, your first tip is to lose the ping pong talk. First thing I want you to do is to lose the ping pong talk. In real life, we don't actually talk like we're hitting a ping pong bong, ping pong ball (laughs) back and forth. Um, We might actually talk like the way I play ping pong, which is not to hit the ball back, but we don't talk like actual ping pong players play ping pong. My gosh, that was a tongue twister. In other words, it's not like, you know, I ask you a question, you answer it, and then you ask me a question and I answer it. We are a lot messier than that when it comes to talking, right? It's more like one person will say, hey, want to go to the store now? And the other person says, have you seen my keys? Where'd they go? Did I, where did I put them? And the first person's like, are we out of milk? Do we need milk? Like they're ta- we're talking past each other a lot, right? We're not very good at listening. And so if you make your characters kind of like this, messier listeners, messier speakers, it makes their dialogue more realistic. Okay? So that's my first tip. Make your characters messy listeners 
and messy speakers. Second tip is to lose the grammar rules. Only certain kinds of people say whom, for example. Yes, it's technically correct in certain circumstances, but most of us just don't talk like that, right? Most of us don't actually speak in a grammatically correct fashion. And so if your characters don't either, leave out that grammar rule. If your novel isn't set in the 1800s, you probably don't need the word whom. You know, the exception would be if you have a character who is of a generation that he or she or they speaks more formally, you know, um, and using that kind of verbiage, but that would be an intentional choice. Similarly, your sentences can end in a preposition. (laughs) Uh, A lot of times when writers come to work with me, they are lawyers or they're academics. Those are really the two biggest culprits, honestly, lawyers and academics. And they think, oh, I'm not supposed to end a sentence with a preposition, right? Like they'll, they'll actually say that to me. Um, not, not to be disparaging if you're a lawyer or an academic and thinking, hey, I would have said that to you. You're being rude. Like I'm not trying to be rude, but, but it's like you can just, I want you to know you can end a sentence in the word with when you're writing fiction. You can do that. It's okay. Especially if it's dialogue, okay? Um, particularly when it comes to how your characters are speaking, because we don't worry about ending a sentence with the word to or with the word with when we're speaking in everyday life. You know, I'll say, who are you talking to? Right? Who are you talking to? I would, I would not say to my husband, to whom are you speaking? To whom are you talking on the phone? I would say, who are you talking to? All right. So we're not going to worry about saying, who are you going to that party with? You know, or who are you going to have dinner with? Just say it like that. Drop the grammar rules. Tip number three is that you can drop your dialogue tags when you're writing a first draft. By dialogue tags, I mean he said, she said, they said, right? The words around the dialogue itself are dialogue tags. They tell the reader who's talking. Now, when you ultimately finish your draft, of course you are going to have dialogue tags so that the reader will will know who's talking. But in your first draft, if you're anything like me, you may hear the conversation play out in your head and you may just almost feel like you're transcribing it. That's how conversations go for me. I hear the characters talking in my head and I'm just transcribing what they're saying back and forth, which means it's a lot easier for me to just literally write what they're saying without putting the tags at all. Now, I may put an initial and a colon. I'm handwriting, by the way, when I'm doing this because that's how I write my first drafts. But even when I'm typing, I may just put like their first initial and a colon so I know who's speaking. And sometimes I don't even do that because I'm able to figure out later, you know, it's clear enough to me who's saying what. And I can just insert, you know, the word said, Jane said, Jimmy said, he said, she said, later, you know. Um, Speaking of the word said, a little caveat to this one, you don't need to get creative with your verbs when it comes to dialogue tags. Just using the word said is fine. In fact, sometimes it's better than fine. It's a lot smoother than trying to get, you know, super creative by saying, oh no, maybe I should say chortled or whispered. You know, of course, that's fine to occasionally use some original verbs to describe how the character is speaking, but said is a solid choice all the time. And the reason this is worth mentioning is because often I know writers and and I have been in these shoes too, so I, I know how this feels. 
they think I'm writing the word said a lot. You start to think you're using it too much. Like it's, it's going to become distracting for the reader how often you're using the word said. But here's the thing. Said is not that kind of word. It's not the kind of word that's going to be distracting when used often or used frequently. It is more like a word like and, you know, we, our eyes gloss over the word and or I or a, you know, or an article. Like our, our eyes gloss over those words. We, we expect them to be common and said falls into that category. It's not like the word pupil, for example, which is a word an editor once told me, oh, you're using the word pupil a lot or pupils a lot in your, in your draft. That would be the kind of word that's distracting because it's more original. It's more unique. So the reader is not going to be distracted by the fact that you're using said a lot. The, the reader's eyes will most likely just gloss over it and in a good way. Hey, before I go on, I just want to interrupt myself to say that if you are loving this podcast, you can find a lot more where this came from on my YouTube channel, which is linked to in the episode notes of this episode. You can also learn about working with me on your book by going to thebookincubator.com. Okay, back to the episode. Okay, tip number four is to cut the chit chat. This is my favorite tip. This will make your dialogue so much better. I cannot tell you how many times I read writers, new writers, early drafts, and the characters are just chatting, you know? Oh, hi, how are you? I'm fine. How are you? It's sunny today, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's sunny today. We don't need that, okay? We don't need or want chit-chat unless, and this is a big unless, unless it's hiding underlying tension, in which case, it's fine. And not only fine, it can be great. So if someone says, how are you? And the other person says, I'm fine. You know, that could work if we know as the reader that the person really isn't fine. Okay. That's when it works because it's not actually chit chat then. It's, it's, uh, it's pretend, it's disguise, it's, it's masking underlying tension. It's people trying to avoid a certain topic, which makes it a lot more active than just casual chit-chat. Otherwise, cut the chit-chat. It's not useful to the story. Finally, tip number five is to read your dialogue aloud. You don't have to do this on your first draft, but at some point in your writing and revising process, you're going to want to read your dialogue aloud to see how it sounds. A lot of times when we're reading words on paper, we think, you know, it, it looks the way that people talk. But then when we hear it, we realize that it, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't quite hit the mark. Something is a little bit off. So when I'm working on dialogue in any story, I read it aloud, uh, usually several times. I actually find that I have to revise my dialogue often more times than I do other parts of a book draft, except maybe the opening. And this is because making dialogue sound like how a person, you know, in this case, a character actually talks, takes time. It, it takes going over it again and again, and really listening to how these people are speaking to one another. I find that as I read it aloud and listen, I end up cutting a lot. I cut a lot of well, and like well, uh, or ums, one pet peeve of mine, actually, when I'm watching movies or TV shows is when people say, look, you know, look, Anna, <laughs> look, <laughs> um, because that's not really 
how it works in real life. You know, in, in real life, you very rarely hear someone say, look, before they say something serious. They only do it on TV. And that sort of thing, therefore, sneaks into your writing, I find. But if you read it out loud, you can catch it. So I'm, I'm just telling you to expect, it's a good idea, um, to read it out loud at some point. It doesn't need to be in your first draft, but at some point in the drafting process. And as you do so, be prepared to do some revision on your dialogue. If you're still listening, I'm guessing that you're writing a book or want to write a book. And if so, I want to hear from you. Because when I'm not writing, my mission in life is to help writers write their dream books. I love it. I live for it. Because before I published my novels, I first had to figure out how to write one. And this wasn't easy because none of the writing classes I had taken had shown me how to actually write a novel. It wasn't until I had a newborn at home and only a little bit of time to write every day that I came up with a process. And that process worked. I wrote my entire novel during my eight-week maternity leave. Now, I teach that process in my program, The Book Incubator, and it has worked for dozens of other writers. If you're curious to know more and to see if maybe this is the right fit for you, I have a free video walking you through my process for writing a book, and you can get it by going to thebookincubator.com and just telling me a little bit about yourself and what you're looking for. So go to thebookincubator.com, fill out the short form, and you'll hear from me within 72 hours. Happy writing. Thanks for listening and see you next week.